Excuse me, uh, I couldn't help but notice that you were looking in my direction. <laughs> oh, yes, I was. You just ordered the same exact lunch as me. <laughs> my name is George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. I'm Victoria. Hi. Hello and welcome to The Place to Be, a Seinfeld podcast. I'm your host, Adam. And I'm Eric. On today's episode, we'll be discussing George's girlfriends. George had nearly 60 girlfriends throughout the series, and we'll be discussing some of our favorites today. Yeah, so we did an episode about Elaine's boyfriends a while back, and we said in that episode that we'd eventually discuss Jerry, George, and Kramer's girlfriends as well. And so I'm looking forward to discussing George's girlfriends today. But before we get started, I just wanted to mention right from the top that we won't be including Susan in this discussion because we will eventually dedicate an entire episode to her character. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, Susan will be a fun discussion. But yeah, George definitely had some great girlfriends over the years and definitely some that some were out of his league, some were in his league, some were just downright nuts. And it's just so much fun to see what kind of a person would agree to go out with George Costanza and why they would agree to go out with him. And, you know, just some of the ways that it ends. Uh, it's just wonderful. Oh, absolutely. And uh, I'll let you go first. What's the first girlfriend on your list? So my top girlfriend for George, I think, is Karen, the risotto broad. <laughs> and I think that she is somebody that could definitely put up with George's crap but the dynamic that they have is just so wonderful. And I love Lisa Edelstein as well. She was a fantastic actress in House. And I love seeing her early appearance on Seinfeld. And it's just so much fun because she's definitely somebody that seems very open, seems more like forgiving of George's flaws. Yet George finds a way to screw it up both times, obviously. But I just love their scene together in the masseuse when they're on the double date with Jerry and George is telling the story and she just finds it hilarious. She's like, oh, so fun. I'm learning a lot about tonight, George. And, you know, in the mango when she, they're lying in bed together and, she, and George is upset and she's like, oh, I don't care, George. It's fine. You know, whether she was being sincere or not, it seems like she had that sincerity to her. But she was somebody that it seems could put up with George's crap and really go toe to toe with his intensity. That's a great point. I think in the mango, you could kind of blame Jerry and Elaine a little bit for screwing up his relationship the first time because they kind of get in his head. Oh, yeah. <laughs> fake, 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 fake. <laughs> it's Jerry's fault. Jerry and Elaine, they may be nuts. And then he's like, you feel OK? And she's like, well, it's not like after the risotto. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, and I love it at the restaurant, too, when he's like, you feel okay about what we do in there? And she's like, no, I feel full after the risotto. Like, <laughs> she just cuts the crap, you know. Let's cut yeah. the bull, sister. <laughs> I love later on when George is talking to Jerry, and he's like, it's all your fault. You and Elaine, all that orgasm talk. She did have an orgasm. She didn't have an orgasm. Orgasm this, orgasm that. I got so focused on it. I started to panic, and then, boom, I lost it. <laughs> I tried everything. I started talking to him. Please wake up. Do something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's great. But to be fair, that was also before George knew about the move. George is out there rubbing two sticks together. Jerry's walking around with a zippo. <laughs> and I think my favorite scene with Karen in this episode 
is at the end after she had sex with George and George is just being such a jerk. He's like, please, it's not necessary. A little extra moan you threw in there. Laying it on a big thick, don't you think? (laughs) (laughs) You're very good with the moanings and the gyrations. You really had me going there for a minute. And that's what I mean when she's just able to call George out on his BS. And the fact that he's accusing her of this. And but yet they go through all that. And she's like, get out, get out. But then a few episodes <laughs> later, they you know reunite and they're brought back together and she's having a great time. Yeah, she does seem like she's enjoying herself on that double date. And I like even before that, when Jerry's explaining to Elaine that George likes the double date, he likes a date to see him with a friend so she can get a window into his non-date personality. <laughs> I've looked through that window and screamed at him to shut the blinds. <laughs> <laughs> And the date went well with Karen, but George just can't seem to get it out of his head that Jody might not like him. The second time he sent the noodles back, he thought he saw a face. (laughs) And poor Karen later on when they're at Monk's and George is complaining that he lugged Jody's massage table all the way down to her cab and that she didn't even thank him. And then Karen's like, George, frankly, I'm getting a little tired of hearing about her. (laughs) I want to know what I did to this woman. (laughs) So what if she doesn't like you? Does everybody have to like you? Yes. Yes, everybody has to like me. I must be liked. <laughs> but that's another reason I think that Karen would have been good for George uh, because she said, what, what, what does everybody have to like you? Like, she almost playing a bit of a role of a therapist there, you know? Yeah. What about later on when they're making out and George is like, you know what? I should really go talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> You're going now? (laughs) All right, George. I have had just about enough of this. What are you talking about? I'm talking about you and Jody. You're completely obsessed with her. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) Who is more important to you, her or me? I like you. She doesn't. Who are you going to pick? I'm sorry, Karen. I just can't stand it when somebody doesn't like me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, now I hate you. That I'm used to. (laughs) (laughs) So great. Oh, I love that. And I love the fact that George can accept when he ticks somebody off and, or, you know, does something to somebody and then they don't like him, but it just eats him up inside when somebody doesn't like him for seemingly no reason, even though he was being pretty a big schmuck at the restaurant in front of uh, Jody. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, one girlfriend we need to discuss is Audrey from the nose job. Oh, yeah. And I just love how this episode starts when George is like, you won't think I'm a bad person. Too late for that. <laughs> well, her nose is kind of big. <laughs> yeah, she's got a big nose. I mean, big would even be okay. It's a little beyond big. It's a schnoz. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to think about the nose, but I think about the nose. I go to bed at night. I tell myself, don't think about the nose. Forget the nose. But I think about it. I look at her. I see nose. <laughs> <laughs> I love how George thinks he could have never gone out with her in the first place if she had a smaller nose. Like, I'm pretty sure she's out of his league with a big nose, too. Yeah, I can definitely see that. It's it's interesting. But I think Audrey is somebody that has a very sweet disposition. She doesn't seem like somebody that would just go based off of looks, you know, like Jerry said, stop being so obsessed with looks, you know. (laughs) But, yeah, I agree in the sense that she's out of his league, like not even just in the looks department, but emotionally as well. Because 
you know, George is really being a schmuck in this episode. (laughs) Peter Jennings had one. It's possible. (laughs) Or when Aline is like, well, I think it's a mistake. Me too. Really? Unless you'd really (laughs) like to get one. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then that scene in the coffee shop after she's botched. It's so cringy because you know, he, I love the little move that Jason does when he takes off his glasses and because he can't even stand to look like, uh, you know, it just really shows where George's mind is at. And if we go back a little bit, George is such a jerk in that scene when he's like, Audrey, before you take the bandages off. Now, just remember, I was the one that encouraged you to do this. Now that you're going to be a great beauty, let's not forget how this all began. <laughs> you know, like if you listen to your friend, Elaine, George. <laughs> yeah and then everybody has the little thing where you know it looks good <laughs> great job you got butchered and then george <laughs> just doesn't say anything, he just passes out <laughs> or even later when elaine's like how you feeling he's like too much salt in my diet <laughs> oh i love those scenes when elaine is po'd at george though yeah. Like those are so great because you can just tell she is seething. She really is. Boy, it really didn't come out too well, did it? No, it didn't. No, it didn't. I think all dented. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm sure they'll be able to fix it. You can't stop modern science. Can't stop it. Can't be stopped. No way, no how science just Shut up, George. <laughs> but yeah, going back to that scene at Monks. George is just so awful when he's like, you know, Hawaii could be a little tricky right now. There's a lot of high pressure winds down there this time of year. So there's a lot of debris constantly flying around. A lot of wood and uh, lava. It could be dangerous. We could go to the Caribbean. (laughs) And then I love how it all circles back in the end when Elena's like, boy, isn't she beautiful? Her nose is in just perfect proportions to the rest of her face. She's breathtaking. Who would have thought? Elaine. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's Elaine calling somebody breathtaking. So uh, I guess she does mean it in this case instead of Dr. Pfeffer later on in the Hamptons. That's true. You know, Elaine, sometimes you say something like that just to be nice. (laughs) All right. So another character that I love that I think is just so sweet and would have been so great for George. And, you know, he seemed to do a lot to try to stay together with her was Carol in the phone message. And I think we've talked about this where the phone message is definitely one of the most underrated episodes, not only of season two, but just of the whole series. Classic Seinfeld. And I just really like the fact that George is at this point where he is sort of willing to do anything to kind of be with her. And, you know, he tells the story of how he asked her out at first and he got the enthusiastic high. (laughs) So, you know, and she just seems to really gel very well with George and Jerry. And, you know, even though the he's George is like making up a story about having to get Jerry upstairs and, you know, she's very accommodating. She's like, Oh, well, you know, I'll just give my bags to the doorman and we can go, you know, or, Oh, well, they have the bathroom next door and this and that, that I think that um, if they had stayed together, I think maybe George could have been a different person, you know, kind of like if his parents had a mantle, he would have been a different person, <laughs> but uh <laughs> But I just I, I really like her. She's somebody that like I would date, you know, I'd like to go out with. And I think she's very pretty and very sweet. And, you know, maybe she is too good for George at the end. But I just think that she's somebody that's also kind of very accepting. And she, you know, hears the phone messages and she thinks it's really funny, even though George wasn't trying to be funny. 
So, yeah, there's definitely, you know, there's something there. Yeah, and even when George tells her, oh, no, thanks, I can't drink coffee late at night, it keeps me up, you know, she doesn't really seem too offended by it. She's just kind of like, all right, whatever. Yeah, that's true. And maybe the fact that he said that, maybe she kind of had a bit of a respect for him because, you know, obviously, again, it was a misunderstanding. We find out later, but she doesn't realize that. Maybe she's thinking like, oh, well, you know, maybe this guy really likes me and, you know, wants to wait and doesn't want to do this. But at the same time, if she's asking up for, you know, coffee at 11 o'clock at night and she doesn't work for NORAD, then uh, obviously there's some sort of spark there. I like it when Elaine tells George, oh, I love it when guys call me the next day. And George is like, of course you do. But you're imagining a guy you like, not a guy who's like, oh, no, I don't drink coffee late at night. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I would call if she likes me, but she doesn't like me. <laughs> I don't know what your parents did to you. <laughs> <laughs> Such a great scene when he leaves the message, too. I mean, Jason is just so amazing in that scene. <laughs> a little, a little, uh subtle off-color humor when he does the i didn't know that coffee really made, he makes a little motion with his hand yeah. <laughs> uh, i don't know what the hell i said it's a machine the little light is blinking right now come and listen to the idiot hey everybody the idiot's on <laughs> <laughs> well he is the lord of the idiots it's true and just a few more things about this episode i just love when jerry and george are waiting for carol outside her building and then as soon as they see her, George is like, get up, it's her. Oh, the hell with this. I'm scared to death. Just walk away. Cancel everything. It's off. Go, go. Hi. <laughs> Once again, George gets the enthusiastic high. Yeah. But probably my favorite Carol line is when she says, that's what you had to tell me? Your father wears his sneakers in the pool? <laughs> <laughs> Don't you think that's strange? <laughs> yes. And I love how that gets called back when in the puppy shirt when George is talking about how crazy his parents are compared to Jerry's parents. That's true. And there's also a callback to it in the understudy. Cause we know that Frank has a foot odor problem that he's very self-conscious about. So it would make sense yeah. that he wears sneakers in the pool. Well, another classic girlfriend storyline for George is actually one of the last girlfriends in the series. And that's Janet in the cartoon. Oh yes. <laughs> we first hear about Janet when George is talking about her at Monk's. He tells Jerry and Elaine the minute he saw her, they just clicked. She's got such a nice face. Her eyes, her mouth, her nose. You know what a face consists of. <laughs> <laughs> but everything falls apart later on when Kramer meets her and says, and you must look exactly like Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> you don't see this? You're like twins. Whew, this is eerie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is definitely a total season nine Seinfeld episode. I could, this is something that I'm sure was left on the shelf and Larry would have never approved of it. This is way outside the realm of, of reality, but in a way, I suppose it's something that sort of had to be done and sort of talked about because, you know, Jerry and George are so close and they had the, you know, they had the outing and people mistake them for being a gay couple and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And they work together. So I guess it was a natural conclusion. And George also always grapples with the idea that he might be gay or, you know, he doesn't want to sit next to somebody on an airplane because their knees might touch. So and he's always been a stall man. And <laughs> so that really, you know, adds to that tension. And I love how she's just so kind of cavalier about it where, you know, 
he's having all these thoughts and running through, through his head. And then she just turns to him and goes, you know, I really do look like your friend, Jerry. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> or even when she's like, well, maybe we do look a little bit like each other. And George is like, what do you know about what you look like? <laughs> <laughs> Although I think the best part is when they're about to leave monks and they're going to the movies. And he's like, oh, we don't have time to stop off at the store for candy. He just takes the handful of mints out of the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I also like how they all tease George about Janet's appearance. Like when Elena's like, Janet seems really nice and she's quite a, a handsome woman. <laughs> <laughs> or when Kramer is explaining how 94% of communication is nonverbal. And after he gets done with his example, Jerry's like, what does this mean? And Kramer's like, well, it's Frank and Estelle's reaction to hearing about George's man love for a she Jerry. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. <laughs> That's the idea. <laughs> and then of course george has that great inner monologue when he's staring at janet in the mirror <laughs> <laughs> right my friends are idiots she doesn't look like jerry she doesn't look like anybody and so what if she does look like jerry what does that mean that i could have everything i have with jerry but because it's with a woman i could also have sex with her and that somehow that would be exactly what i've always wanted she doesn't even look like jerry <laughs> no i really do look like your friend jerry i know <laughs> right. or how about when they're at dinner and george is telling her about how when they first met they had a great conversation and she's like i remember you told me i was the prettiest girl at the party <laughs> yeah, i know you love that line <laughs> yeah. you must have known me from somewhere <laughs> but after that we really talked didn't we i know you asked me for a piece of gum because your breath smelled like hummus <laughs> <laughs> Look, this relationship has got to be about something and fast or I am in serious and weird trouble. <laughs> <laughs> or when she's like, I have gum in my hair. George is like, oh, I'm losing it. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and then there's, of course, the final scene when Janet cuts her hair. And I give the actress a lot of credit for doing that. I mean, I, I don't know if she really cut her hair, but just the fact that they're actually commenting on the fact that she looks like Jerry and that she was. Gave a great performance doing it. It says a lot about her. Oh, definitely. All right. So before we discuss our next girlfriend, we're also going to be playing some classic clips of George's girlfriends during this episode. And this is a clip of Gwen from the classic season five episode, The Lip Reader. I don't understand. Things were going so great. What, what happened? Something must have happened. It's not you. It's me. You're giving me the it's not you, it's me routine? <laughs> I invented it's not you, it's me. <laughs> Nobody tells me it's them, not me. If it's anybody, it's me. All right. George, it's you. You're damn right it's me. Look, I was just trying to get... You know, I know what you were trying to do. Nobody does it better than me. Well, I'm sure you do it very well. <laughs> yes, well, unfortunately, you'll never get the chance to find out. <laughs> uh, such a great scene. Um, so... Another one I had on my list that I love is Ava, the secretary. And I think one thing is that uh, Jason Alexander, I know, in real life has a thing for redheads, as do I. And so I just love that fact that there's kind of that real life thing coming through. And she just was so organized and, and was able to like do you know everything in such a perfect way. And George was just so impressed with her efficiency because he's such a slob and he, you know, he's all over the place. I think they would have made a really great couple together. And obviously they have that, uh, that chemistry, 
you know, oh, Mr. Costanza. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Ava, you are incredible. (laughs) I'm giving you a raise. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and when she comes back in the race, uh, she says about that Natalie calling from the Daily Worker, and she seems a little, uh, little upset by it. She's like, you know, oh, you have a call from a Natalie from the Daily Worker. You know, mm-hmm. almost like saying, well, you know, why are you going to to call these people from the Daily Worker? You could have had me. You know? <laughs> exactly. Well, one girlfriend I love and I thought she gave a great performance in the episode was Marcy from the Yada Yada. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jerry notices she's big on the phrase Yada Yada. And he tells George, yada, yada is good. She's very succinct. Yeah, she is succinct. It's like you're dating USA Today. (laughs) I like when she asks George if he's close with his parents and he's like, well, they gave birth to me and yada, yada, yada. Yada what? Yada, yada, yada. (laughs) (laughs) What about when George is like, well, we were engaged to be married. We bought the wedding invitations and. Yada, yada, yada. I'm still single. (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me of the summer of George when he goes back to the Melody Stationers to get the invitations for Jerry. And he's like, about a year ago, wedding invitations. Oh, yeah. How did all that work out? No complaints. (laughs) (laughs) So what's she doing now? Yada. (laughs) So dark. (laughs) Uh, So speaking of exes, my old boyfriend came over late last night. And yada, yada, yada. Anyway, I'm really tired today. <laughs> <laughs> and that leads us to this classic clip. Listen to this. Marcy comes over and she tells me that her ex-boyfriend was over late last night. And yada, 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 I'm really tired today. <laughs> you don't think she'd yada, yada sex? I've yada, yada sex. Really? I met this lawyer, we went out to dinner, I had the lobster bisque, we went back to my place, yada, 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 I never heard from him again. But you yada, yada over the best part. No, I mentioned the bisque. Ugh, such a classic. And another great scene was later on when George tells Marcy, no more yada, yadas, he wants the full story. And then he asks her about the free massage and the facial, and she's like, well, like I said, I was on 3rd Avenue. I stopped by a large department store. Which one? Bloomingdale's. Okay, continue. Oh, I stole a Piaget watch. What's that? And then I was on such a high that I went upstairs to the salon on the fifth floor, and I got a massage and a facial and skipped down on the bill. <laughs> <laughs> She's so great in that scene. Oh, she yeah, it's incredible. And it's... Funny, too, because this is really George, you know, chickens coming home to roost for George because he just kind of skirts through the whole episode like, oh, well, you know, she's not going to tell me, you know, don't ask, don't tell. I'm not going to bother. And then this is the final thing where he kind of goes, oh, this, you know, (laughs) this is not good. (laughs) And I like when she throws it back at him and she's like, well, what about you? You told me you were engaged. What was the rest of that? (laughs) (laughs) The look on George's face. Oh, I wonder if he ends up telling her the whole story or if he's going through his excuse Rolodex. Yeah. Like when Littman uh, confronts him about having sex with the cleaning woman. Yeah, that's a great point. And then we can't forget at the end when George tells Jerry that Marcy went shopping for some shoes for the wedding and uh, yada, yada, yada. I'll see her in six to eight months. 
<laughs> well, hey, but that'll be the second time that George dates a felon. It's a great segue right there, Celia. Yeah. You were in jail? That is so cool. <laughs> <laughs> you asked her out? Well, not out. She's in prison. <laughs> I like being with her. Plus, I know where she is all the time. I have relatively no competition. And you know how you live in the fear of the pop-in? Oh, yeah. No pop-in. No, I saw your light was on. And the best part is if things go really well. Conjugal visits? Don't jinx it. Don't jinx it. <laughs> <laughs> I also like when Kramer enters the apartment and Jerry's like, George is dating a convict. Oh, yeah? What's she in for? Embezzlement. Oh, sounds like a nice girl. <laughs> <laughs> what about when he visits her and he's like, I brought you some cigarettes. You buy yourself something nice. <laughs> oh, man. That scene, too. It's like, George, I have good news. I'm up for parole. <laughs> parole. That's dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling that that line of that's dynamite because that's used a couple times. Like in the sponge when Jerry's talking with Lena and she's like, oh, I, I found out they do have cream soups. Like, oh, that's dynamite. I have a feeling that they wanted to use that more often as like yeah. kind of offline, but it only got used a couple of times. But I do love that. Yeah, me too. It's over, Jerry. She's getting out. Uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> she's been locked up for two years. She's going to want to make up for lost time. Dinners, movies, talking. In other words, a real relationship. Oh, and that's no good. <laughs> hey, if you two were meant to be together, sure the cops will pick her up on something. <laughs> <laughs> what about later on when he's like, Jerry, listen to this. I've discovered something even better than conjugal visit sex. Fugitive sex. <laughs> now it's like every time I. George, George, please. Fugitive sex, escape convicts. I got a cockfight to focus on. <laughs> They'll walk out, too, the way he walks out. <laughs> Love Jerry in that scene. Well, we can't discuss George's girlfriends without talking about Marissa Tomei. Ah, yes. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't make my top five, but she was an honorable mention for sure. Well, she's definitely number one in George's heart. That's for sure. I think we've talked about it before, but I don't think he wanted anything more in life than to be with Marissa Tomei. No, definitely not. That was like the one person he was probably meant to be with. And he screwed it up twice, really. <laughs> Once when he said he was engaged and then you know, after the funeral, uh, my weekend's pretty open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, too bad he was engaged. Yeah, too bad. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so great right from the start when George is having lunch with Elaine and Katie. Elaine tells Katie George is engaged and Katie looks a little disappointed and George is like, why is that bad? <laughs> and Katie tells him that she actually would have sent him up with a friend of hers. She loves quirky, funny guys. Bald? Loves bald. <laughs> loves bald? <laughs> Who is she? Marissa Tomei. <laughs> <laughs> you are friends with Marissa Tomei? That's incredible. My cousin Vinny, I love her. She was fantastic. <laughs> you were going to fix me up with her? Yeah, she's just sitting at home. Marissa Tomei's sitting home, Elaine. Why didn't you tell me that Katie was friends with Marissa Tomei? Oh, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Elaine couldn't care less. That is honestly one of my favorite Elaine lines, because 
like I said, I love when Elaine and George get together and Elaine just is so done with him. Yeah. And, you know, just that line has such a great double meaning because it would seem like on the surface she's saying like, oh, you know, oh, I'm sorry, George. I don't know what I was thinking, not tell you. But in, in her mind, she's actually like, why did I let this guy talk to him? Why why couldn't I just like say, George, we're full. Leave us alone. <laughs> <laughs> and I love how even later on, too, when he calls her up and he's like, remember that thing we discussed earlier? She's like, George. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> the actress. <laughs> what? Marissa Tomei. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Nothing. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, and I love, too, how there's those great pictures. Of Marissa Tomei, when George has the fantasy about them together, and there's those great pictures of her, like, all glammed up, and she's in that little black dress and all made up, and then you have Jason just in his George clothes. <laughs> you need to get dressed we're going to be late for the premiere <laughs> and you're wearing that shirt <laughs> <laughs> but the best is when george is telling jerry that katie would have fixed him up with marissa tomei she said i was just her type do you know the odds of me being anyone's type i have never been anyone's type but apparently this marissa tomei loves funny quirky bald men <laughs> I, George Costanza, could be on a date with an Oscar winner. An Oscar winner, Jerry. Do you know what that's like? It's like 50 years ago. If someone fixed me up with Catherine Hepburn, same thing. Now there's a pair, you and Catherine Hepburn. (laughs) So George wants to get a cup of coffee with her, but Jerry tells him if he can't tell Susan about it, then there's something wrong. Of course something's wrong. We had a pact. (laughs) (laughs) What about when Elaine finally agrees to call Katie and then... She gets off the phone and she's like, she's in the hospital. She has an arrhythmia. What about Marissa Tomei? (laughs) (laughs) That is classic George right there. And it gets even better when he's in the hospital. and He's like, (laughs) move a pinky if it's yes. Can you move a pinky? (laughs) And I think we definitely talked about that in our hospital seeds episode. Of course. Yeah, where George is just so obtuse just to go visit somebody who's like obviously in a really bad situation. Like, I don't know what, why she's like a coma, but, yeah. you know. And poor Susan, who keeps walking in on George watching all these Marissa Tomei movies. Only you. That's another Marissa Tomei movie. And you've seen that one, too. What? You got a thing for her? <laughs> yeah, right. I got a thing for Marissa Tomei. She's an Oscar winner. <laughs> like she would ever go out with a short, stocky, bald man. <laughs> like that's a <her> type. <laughs> Besides, I don't even know her. It's not like someone's trying to fix us up. <laughs> Who would try and fix me up with Marissa Tomei? <laughs> what are you talking about? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's the best. Man, and like George is usually such a good liar. Too. He's usually able to keep his calm, and boy, he just gets so flustered. It's unbelievable. But George finally gets his shot. He gets to go on a date with Marissa Tomei, and let's listen to this classic moment. So, anyway, if you if you think about it, manure is not really that bad a word. I mean, it's, it's nua, which is good, and a ma in front of it, which is also good. Ma nua. <laughs> You're so right. I never thought of it like that. Manure. Ma and the nur. <laughs> Did you just make that up? What, you think I'm doing material here? No. <laughs> it's hard to believe 
believe anyone could be so spontaneously funny. And I'm a little tired. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, how is it that a man like you, so bald and so quirky and funny, how is it you're not taken? Well, <laughs> Marissa, see, the, the thing is, I'm sort of engaged. What? I'm, you know, engaged. Ugh, amazing. Another girlfriend I absolutely love is Carrie from The Boyfriend. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just some of her deliveries are just so perfect. Thank you for a wonderful time, George. I haven't had a Big Mac in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I love when George uh, is in the office with Mrs. Sokol and her attitude changes when he's like, this is your daughter? <laughs> My God, she is breathtaking. You think so? <laughs> and another great delivery she has is when she invites George upstairs and he tells her he can't come up because he has to get up for work tomorrow. And she's like, but it's Saturday. All the offices are closed. <laughs> <laughs> I got me an appointment with a hardware store. <laughs> Will you call me as soon as you get home? <laughs> Yeah, it seems like at first, Carrie, you know, she's, uh, I mean, I'm sure she's grateful to go on a date, but, you know, at first that uh, she kind of likes George and is like, all right, you know, I'll give this guy a chance. Yeah, that's true, but it doesn't take long before she's just had it with George. <laughs> and we, <laughs> oh. we don't really see what exactly he did to her, but. Uh... He didn't have to do anything. I mean, all she said was, you know, I've been thinking about it. You got no job. You got no prospects. You're like Biff Loman. And she's right. <laughs> she sees right through it. <laughs> yeah. It's over, buddy. Done. Finished. So long. Goodbye. Adios. Sayonara. I had the appointment with the hardware store. You think I'm going to spend my life with somebody because he can get me a deal on a box of nails? <laughs> if I ever need a drill bit, I'll call you. <laughs> uh, yeah, every line she has, just gold. And it's it's unfortunate because she's no longer with us. But, wow, what... An amazing performance and what just a piece of Seinfeld lore. Absolutely. So rounding out my top five favorite list is a wonderful girlfriend for George, uh, Sienna, the crayon from the yeah, face. Painter. <laughs> and I just love the fact that they're having that great conversation in the car and George is talking about toilet paper. And you know, she was fascinated, fascinated. <laughs> and it just seems like they have this really great chemistry. And what's really interesting is that originally the ending of that episode was supposed to be George saying, oh, will you marry me? And she just says, yes. You know, <laughs> <laughs> again, wouldn't have been very Seinfeldian, but I think that uh, she was definitely somebody that could have gone the distance with George. She was another one kind of like Carol, very sweet, very likable, you know. Oh, yeah, definitely. I love when George is like, you can't have a relationship where someone says, I love you. And the other one says, I'm hungry. Let's get something to eat. <laughs> Unless you're married. <laughs> <laughs> but poor George, he gets so excited when Kramer tells him that Sienna can't hear very well out of her left ear. And then when he tells her again, she's like, yeah, I know. I, I heard you the first time. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I know we don't see it. But after that, it's probably, you know, George is just destroyed. And it's too bad because. She doesn't seem like she's upset or anything. She kind of has a little smile on her face. She's like, oh, yeah, you know, I heard you. 
Like, I think that's just the kind of person she is. But unfortunately, you know, I think just like Jerry, George wants to be Gaga. Yeah. Huge matzo ball. <laughs> matzo ball soup. That would be me. <laughs> well, another memorable girlfriend was Diane DeCon from the marine biologist. Of course. Yeah. She was the it girl. <laughs> and it wasn't so much about Diane, even though I thought the actress did give a great performance, but it's just more about the situation, how Jerry just happens to bump into her on the street and he tells her that George is a marine biologist. <laughs> yeah, I love the circumstances, though, of, of how they uh, bump into each other. You know, Jerry's at the ATM. The receipt? No. Cashback? Yes. Processing. Processing. I won. Yeah. <laughs> Like Jerry would have done that with, you know, anybody just to, to mess around with them. And then, yeah, she's, you know, oh, Jerry, you know, it's Diane DeCon from Queens College. Yeah. And I love that scene when Jerry is telling George about Diane DeCon at Monks and George is yelling at strangers. He's like, she remembered my name. She was the it girl. <laughs> but notice how Jerry carefully omits that she says, you know, oh, he was always such a goof off. Yeah. So it's funny that George is so excited that. You know, she remembers him. And really, the only reason she's interested is because Jerry tells her he's a marine biologist now. That's true. And I do love that whole scene that Jerry and George have at Monk's when Jerry tells him that she asked for his number and that he should expect a call. And George is like, all right, I'm telling you right now, if you're kidding around, I'm not going to be able to be your friend anymore. I got no problem with that. <laughs> because if this is a lie, this is a joke. If this is your idea of some cute little game. We're finished. Expect a call. Now, I should tell you, <laughs> <laughs> at this point, she's under the impression that you're a, uh, a what? A marine biologist. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I a marine biologist? I may have mentioned it. <laughs> but I'm not a marine biologist. Yes, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> what if she calls me? What am I supposed to say? Cut to George talking to Diane on the phone, and he's like, algae, obviously plankton. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just got back from a trip to the Galapagos Islands. I was living with the turtles. <laughs> <laughs> and again, this is a moment where George is usually such a good liar. And he even watched the thing on the Discovery Channel, you know, saying they communicate with the squeaks and the squeals. What a fish. It's a mammal. Whatever. <laughs> but. He's really having a hard time talking about it, you know, and, you know, maybe it's him thinking that she probably saw the same thing or, you know, most likely. And that if he started talking about this stuff, she'd be like, oh, this guy's full of it. But, yeah, and then there's that great scene at Jerry's apartment when George is yelling at him for making him a marine biologist. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's not my alley. It's one thing if I make it up. I know what I'm doing. I know my alleys. <laughs> you got me in the Galapagos Islands living with the turtles. I don't know where the hell I am. Or when he's like, look, why couldn't you make me an architect? You know, I always wanted to pretend that I was an architect. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Later on when he's on the date with her on the beach. And he's like, enough about fish. You know, yeah. I, I know a lot about other things. Architecture. <laughs> <laughs> or what about when he's telling her about the evolution of the octopus? <laughs> and how it eventually <laughs> lost its nostrils and took on the more familiar look we know today. And then, of course, everything falls apart for George when they're walking on the beach and they notice a group of people staring at the ocean. There's a beached whale. She's dying. Is anyone here a marine biologist? <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite Larry David lines. 
Oh, wonderful. And the look George gives Diane is just amazing. Save the whale, George. For me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, there's that iconic moment when George tells that story about the sea was angry that day, my friends, that whole fantastic monologue. But because that moment is so famous, I think people forget sometimes what comes after that when George says how the crowd was all over him. It was like Rocky won. <laughs> Diane came up to me, threw her arms around me, kissed me. We both had tears streaming down our faces. It was at that moment that I decided to tell her that I was not a marine biologist. <laughs> wow. What did she say? She told me to go to hell and I took the bus home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a great capper. It's just, you know, the Diane DeCon arc just goes away. But that's the thing, you know, yeah, I get it. George was lying and was, you know, not being himself, but it's it's still, you know, it's a little rough. He did save the whale. Yeah, and they do need to be saved. All that blubber, quite unhealthy. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the later season girlfriends that I really enjoy, and I think this is a story that definitely wouldn't have happened if Larry was around, but it's Anna in The Little Kicks. Oh, of course. <laughs> Anna digs the bad boy. <laughs> I've never been the bad boy. You've been the bad employee, the bad son, the bad friend. Yes, yes. The bad fiance, the bad dinner guest, the bad credit risk. All right, the point is made. Bad date, the bad sport, the bad citizen, the bad tipper. <laughs> <laughs> it's always fun when George gets to play a different persona. Oh, yeah. And Jason is so great in this episode. I love when he meets Anna in the park and she's like, you know, I'm not supposed to be talking to you. And he's like, nobody's putting a gun to your head. <laughs> <laughs> Do I uh, scare you? No. A little. <laughs> <laughs> nice car. Yeah. She's a sweet ride. <laughs> <laughs> is that your orthopedic back pillow? <laughs> <laughs> I like when Anna is wearing George's jacket and Elena's like, that looks a little big for you. It looks like something a short, stocky, slow-witted, bald man might wear. <laughs> He's not stocky. <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor Jason. But that's another thing, too, that's fun, is Elaine sort of getting to play this mother hen persona. You yeah. know. She... But I think my favorite part is when George is on the phone with Elaine and Anna, and George is like, Joanna. Hi, George. What are you doing? You don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> He's ironing his pants. Oh, so great. And I know Jerry said that they had a lot of discussions in the writer's room about what George would be doing in that scene, and they landed on him ironing his pants, which I just thought was great. Oh, perfect choice. Absolutely. <laughs> Although it doesn't seem like George would be the type to iron his own clothes but that's a good point but anyway elaine wants george to hear her say to anna that he's a good and decent person <laughs> pick up the phone elaine pick it up <laughs> elaine get me off the speaker <laughs> <laughs> or when she's hanging up on him and he's like i'm a bad man, I'm a bad man. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another great thing Elaine just being totally done with George, like George, like, you know, 
in her head, she's just like, go away. I'm trying to help you. Well, she thinks she's helping out, you know. Yeah. Or maybe she doesn't. Maybe she realizes what she's doing. But at the same time, she's just, you know, she doesn't want to deal with him anymore. It's kind of like in The Maid when she's going through her messages. She's hearing all the facts sounds. And, hey, it's George. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about later on when he's like, I'm a bootlegger. Oh, I love that. Bootleg in a movie, baby. <laughs> Isn't that illegal? <laughs> I could do a hard time for this one. And community service. Is this your FiberCon? <laughs> Out of my way. <laughs> <laughs> and I just love that little joke that George is trying to put on this whole bad boy persona, you know, borrowing his father's car. And he can't even be bothered to, like, hide the stuff that is his father's, you know, <laughs> like, or he thinks he's hiding it well, you know. That's a great point. And, of course, we can't forget that classic scene at the end when George gets arrested and he's like, but why did the policeman have to yell at me like that? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that is one of my favorite George deliveries. Me, too. Well, two George girlfriends I want to mention, A, because we had them on the show and they were fantastic, and B, because they were hilarious in the episode were Sylvia in The Cigar Store Indian and Nina in The Betrayal. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, I had Nina as one of my uh, honorable mentions as worst girlfriend. Uh, no offense to Justine, she's a friend of the show, she was wonderful. But just, you know, Nina Stengel's just, man, I don't know. She's quite a, she's quite a character. <laughs> Definitely, and we won't get into too much detail about them because obviously you could just listen to their episodes. We go into great detail about all their scenes and everything. But two lines I just want to mention from each. I think my favorite from Sylvia is, hmm, what's that smell, Kasha? <laughs> <laughs> it's a potpourri. Yeah. And for Nina, it's when she says, George, you could take off those boots. Everybody knows you're five, six, <laughs> five, eight, five, seven. <laughs> yeah, I think the line for Nina that really clinches it for me is when, you know, Jerry and George are arguing. And obviously they're being immature and whatever, but she's just like, all right, neither of you. And they're like, what? Why did you come all this way? Free trip to India. Yeah. <laughs> Another example of those later season girlfriends that I don't think Larry would have approved the storylines for, but I still enjoyed and I laugh every time I see it is Allison and the Susie. Oh, yeah, of course. This woman is genetically engineered to go to a ball. Tall, blonde, lithe. Live? Lithe. Alive? Lithe. Alive. <laughs> yeah, I always tend to forget about her because there's just so much going on in that episode. But I do love that storyline where, you know, George is trying to avoid her and, you know, all he cares about is going to the ball and doing that backless entrance. You know, backless? You're going to back her in? <laughs> <laughs> Elaine, when a woman makes a ball entrance, she twirls. She's not going to. She'll twirl. <laughs> <laughs> but George really isn't doing himself any favors in the Susie because. You know, she's like coming over and, you know, she's another one that I feel like is just out of his league totally. And, you know, he's like, oh, you got the tickets for my friend Kramer and like, oh, courtside, you know, couldn't you do any better? You know, <laughs> And he's just being such a schmuck about things. And then, you know, and then all he cares about, like I said, is just getting to that ball. Just and, you know, he doesn't care about her, doesn't care about her feelings. You know, he's, he's just ready to, to do that ball entrance, make a scene and then cut out. Yeah, and then as soon as she says she needs to talk, we cut over to Jerry's apartment. She doesn't want to talk. She needs to talk. Nobody needs to talk. Who would want to? <laughs> I 
Yeah, and that's going all the way back to season one, you know, the four worst words in the English language. Either that or whose bra is this? <laughs> there you go. She tried to end it with me, Jerry. What'd you do? I told her I was out of soda. I went to get some and never came back. <laughs> <laughs> and she wants to break up with you. <laughs> I like when Jerry's like, so you really like this girl? And George is like, no, I like the ball. <laughs> <laughs> This is my one chance to make a great entrance. My whole life, I have never made a great entrance. <laughs> you made some fine exits. <laughs> yeah, and that excuse about buying the soda, that reminds me also in the blood when uh, Tara's lighting up the incense and George is, just wants to get out of there because he's so hungry. I told her I got a bus transfer that was only good for another hour. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. I was starving, Jerry. <laughs> I also like when Jerry asks George, what are you going to do? You can't keep avoiding her. And George is like, why not? If she can't find me, she can't break up with me. And if we're still going out, she has to go to the ball. (laughs) (laughs) And then later on, Allison tries calling George. And here it is, one of our favorite George scenes from the entire series. George isn't at home. Please leave a message at the beep. I must be out or I'd pick up the phone. Where could I be? Believe it or not, I'm not home. George, are you there? I hate that stupid message. I know you're avoiding me. I'm at the office. Please call me. I've got to talk to you. Hi, Allison. Oh, I guess you're not at home. I probably should have tried you at the office. Anyway, good to hear from you. Really looking forward to the ball. (laughs) Definitely had to play that one. Oh, definitely. And I love that in real life, too. You know, Jason's the song and dance man. And he's actually got a really good singing voice. And when they first recorded it, they said, no, no, no. You got to make it sound like George is singing. So he had to... uh, make his voice sound worse yeah that's a great story i don't think we mentioned nancy clopper yet but i thought she was fantastic in the fusilla jerry oh she was a great character but man she's on my list of least favorite girlfriends because i just think she had an attitude problem you know poor george was trying in that one that's true i'm just talking about her performance i just loved her performance oh yeah it's a fantastic performance but to me, she just seems like the opposite of Karen, where Karen was like, oh, you know, George, it's OK. I don't care. And with Nancy, George can't do anything right. Even before, when George is asking Jerry for the move, he's explaining to him like Nancy is so bored in bed. It's like she's doing her nails during lovemaking. I've never seen anyone so bored. I'm working like a dog here. Give me a moan, something. I'd settle for a belch, for God's sake. <laughs> and I love that Seinfeldian thing where. They, you know, George is telling her about it and Jerry just interjects. Oh, Nancy Clopper. Like her name never comes up again. It's not important to the story at all. But, you know, they thought it was a funny name. So, of course, they're going to put it in. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought about, too. And we mentioned it a little bit before, but Jerry tells George the move. But in classic George fashion, he completely screws it up. And let's listen to how Nancy responds to it. Ow, George. (laughs) What are you doing? Uh, you know, uh, pleasuring you. Well, stop 
stop it. You don't like the move? No, I don't. You're kidding. No, I'm not. It feels like aliens poking at my body. Sorry. Uh, I'll just go back to my usual routine. <laughs> so George talks to Jerry later on and he realizes he screwed up the order. So he tries writing it down and we get this fantastic scene. Well, that was great. I mean, wow. That just came to me. I mean, I've, I've, I've never in my life have, have I, what, what was that? You mean in the end? Oh. A counterclockwise swirl. What's that? What? On your, on your hand. Let me see what's on Nothing. your hand. I don't know. It's a ball. Give me that. Let me see what's on your hand. I want to see what's on your hand. Give me your hand. Number one, take her leg. Oh, my God. Crib notes? You've got crib notes? That's a very complicated move. I couldn't remember it all. Oh, my God. You're sick. You know, it's not the SATs. <laughs> I love the delivery from Jason when he says, counterclockwise swirl <laughs> <laughs> he's so proud oh after all he's been through i can't blame him <laughs> another girlfriend i wanted to mention just because i thought her performance was so great was cynthia in the fix-up oh yeah i love when she asks elaine how george got fired and elaine's like well he tried to poison his boss <laughs> <laughs> excuse me <laughs> <laughs> and then poor elaine dodges that bullet and then cynthia's like so what does he look like <laughs> Pardon? <laughs> well, um, he's got a lot of character in his face. Um, he's short. Um, he's stocky. <laughs> you mean he's fat? <laughs> powerful. He is so powerful. He can lift a hundred pounds right up over his head. And um, what else? What else? Oh well, um, uh, he's kind of just kind of mm, losing his hair. He's bald? <laughs> no, no, not bald. He's balding. So he will be bald. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Julia in that scene, that's some of her best uh, physical work. Absolutely. I love when, you know, she's like, he's sure he's stocky and he kind and she kind of like looks like she's snuggling up under the covers. Like, you know, oh, he's so cuddly. He's like a big teddy bear, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point. Has he been married? No. Has he been close? He once spent a weekend with a woman. <laughs> he didn't really try to poison his boss. Yeah. Yeah, he did. <laughs> <laughs> I like when George is telling Jerry how they had a great phone conversation and how he threw his notes away in the middle of the call. <laughs> you know, Larry David wrote that. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And it's the opposite of when, uh, in the Pez dispenser, when he's going out with Noel and things are, you know, starting to go downhill. And he's like, oh, I made up a whole list of things to talk about. You know, I'm very good at going reverse in my car. <laughs> Why isn't Postum a more popular drink? Yeah, Postum is underrated. <laughs> I also wonder if George was chewing an apple during the call. Don't do the apples. It's enough already with the apples. <laughs> yeah, like a farm boy. <laughs> 
I also like later on after they have sex and Cynthia's talking about it with Elaine. And she's like, he was uncomfortable because it was our first time. So he felt he would perform better if we did it in the kitchen. Yeah, he says the kitchen is always the most sociable room in the house. And he was serious. So how was it? How good could be? My head was on a hot plate. (laughs) (laughs) And we can't talk about this episode without mentioning the scene when George finds out that Cynthia missed her period. (laughs) I'm a father. I did it. My boys can swim. I could do it. I could do it. (laughs) Yep. George slipped one past the goalie. So he thinks. Yeah. And it was interesting because it was kind of out of character for George to be like that. Like when Cynthia's telling the story later, she said he comes up, he's all out of breath. You know, he said, whatever decision I make is fine with him. I can depend on him for whatever I need. Elaine, I was shocked. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. That is very out of character for George. All right, well, we're going to play another clip here, and we mentioned her earlier, but this is Noelle from the Pez Dispenser, and this is another classic breakup scene. (laughs) That laugh. That's the laugh. That's it! You're the one! No, no, it was an accident. It it wasn't my fault. It was Jerry. Jerry put a Pez Dispenser on my leg. Jerry put a Pez Dispenser on her leg during my recital? I didn't know she would laugh. And you... You lied to me, George. You lied to me. Lied? No, I didn't. What what, what, what would I do? (laughs) Where are you going? I am breaking up with you. (laughs) You can't break up with me. I've got a hand. And you're gonna need it. I love the way George runs out of the apartment in that scene. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, Noelle was another one that I wasn't that impressed with. You know, she was only interested in George after he tried to get hand in the relationship. But other than that, it seems like, you know, similar to like uh, the baby shower. Everybody talks about going to see the play. And, you know, afterwards backstage, I'm like a little groveling worm. You know, that's how he seemed to be in, in this episode, too. I agree. Another girlfriend I loved was Cheryl Fong in the Visa. Oh, yeah. Are your friends as funny as you? No, no. I have no funny friends. <laughs> I'm the funny one. El Clowno. <laughs> <laughs> I like when George is telling Jerry and Elaine, everything I said was funny. She laughed at everything I said. She thought I was hilarious. You know, in a way, I almost was too good. I started so good. I can't go any place but down now. <laughs> I got no place to go. well i guess it's all over and it's interesting too because i don't think that too many girlfriends or boyfriends are ever met in monks usually they meet them in other circumstances and this is one of the few times where you know george was happened to be waiting for them and you know he probably struck up a conversation with her but it doesn't happen that often for as often as they go there it's kind of surprising yeah that's a great point i never really thought about that I like later on when they're out to dinner and George is still trying to be funny. He's like, toasting makes me uncomfortable, but toast I love. Never start the day without a good piece of toast. In fact, let's toast the toast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and she loves it. Like, it's a great little scene, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. But then everything falls apart for George when Jerry and Elaine show up at Isabella's. (laughs) Why don't we put these two tables together? No, no, you can't do that. They're round. It makes an eight. No. (laughs) 
Or when they're being funny and then Cheryl goes to the bathroom and George is like, this is not good. This is not good. <laughs> he thinks if you're too funny, he might not look so funny. Yeah, you're not worried about that, are you? <laughs> Maybe you don't have to be so funny. Will it kill you not to be so funny all the time? That's all I'm asking. This woman thinks I'm very funny and now you're going to be funny. So what am I going to be? I'm going to be a short, bald guy with glasses who suddenly doesn't seem so funny. <laughs> and Jerry is just so great in the scene when Cheryl comes back and he's like, hello. Welcome back. <laughs> Happy birthday. No such thing. <laughs> funny guy. huh? <laughs> I love that other scene, too, with Jerry and Cheryl when they're at Monk's. I think that's curdled. I don't care. <laughs> Do you ever laugh? No. Sometimes when I'm in the tub. That's so sad. What do you do? I'm a comedian. (laughs) (laughs) But everything comes to a head when Cheryl tells George that she's become very attracted to Jerry. And then we get this classic Costanza scene. Jerry? I'm very attracted to him. You think the person you were talking to was him? That's not even close to him. He's funny. Jerry's funny. He's never said anything funny. He can't not be funny. No, 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 no. He's he's dark and disturbed. Dark and disturbed? His whole life revolves around Superman and cereal. What the hell are you? I convinced him to act like that so that you would think I was funnier. That's how disturbed I am. You want disturbed? That's disturbed. I mean, you can't find sickness like that anywhere. You, you think sickness like that grows on trees? Nobody is sicker than me. Nobody. He's pretending. I'm the genuine article. So you're telling me Jerry's whole thing was an act? Yes. And I put him up to it because I'm sick. I, I'm the one that needs help. I gotta go. Well, should I call you later? Please don't. But, but I'm disturbed. I'm depressed. I'm inadequate. I got it all. (laughs) Amazing. Another girlfriend who was in one of the best episodes of the entire series was Victoria in The Opposite. Oh, of course. Yeah. And I think this is one of Jason Alexander's best performances of the series. It might be his best performance. Yeah, he really gets to stretch those acting muscles. My name is George. I'm unemployed and I live with my parents. <laughs> I'm Victoria. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> what about when she's like, that guy just cut you off. He's like, take it easy. Take it easy. It's not the end of the world. <laughs> or when they're at the movie, shut your traps and stop kicking the seats. We're trying to watch the movie. And if I have to tell you again, we're going to take you outside and I'm going to show you what it's like. <laughs> And there's also that scene later on, which reminds me of the phone message when she's like, are you sure you don't want to come up? I mean, it's only 930. I was thinking the exact same thing. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I don't think we should. We really don't know each other very well. Who are you, George Costanza? I'm the opposite of every guy you've ever met. (laughs) Oh, it's wonderful. I love how his voice is even different. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Much calmer. And we have to thank Victoria, because without her, George wouldn't have that amazing job at the Yankees. That's right, yeah. So she definitely left a big impact on the series. I wonder if that was part of the reason why she ended up liking George. You know, she knew that her uncle was looking for somebody. He said he was unemployed, and he lives with his parents. Yeah. And she was like, oh, 
here's a little uh, project for me. Another girlfriend we haven't mentioned yet, and I know you like her performance a lot in this episode, was Paula in The Doodle. Oh, yeah. Well, I have a soft spot for Krista Miller, but yeah, she's just wonderful. And she's another one that, you know, it's interesting to see how far she'll, she's willing to go with George. You know, she realizes what he is, who he is, and how he acts, and she doesn't care. And it's kind of like this one downmanship of, you know, how far they're going to go. And then finally George just has to say no when she's sucking on the peach pit. Yeah. I like that scene when George asks Elaine if she talked to Paula, and Elaine's like, she likes you. <laughs> she likes me? You kidding me? She likes me? In fact, she said looks weren't even that important to her. Ah! You see the what? <laughs> she thinks I'm ugly. I knew it. Oh, <laughs> uh, and how much of a George thought process is that? Where Elaine's like, well, so what's the difference? You know, she likes you. And then he goes, oh, so what? I'd rather have her hate me and think I was good looking than I could be with somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like uh, in season four when, you know, he's when he's with Susan and he's hitting out other women at the comedy club and. You know, saying the thing, oh, when you got a girlfriend, you don't want that girlfriend. You just want more girlfriends. Yeah. You make a really good father someday. <laughs> but George's attitude changes when Paula tells him, you can drape yourself in velvet for all I care. <laughs> and then in the next scene, that's exactly what he does when he shows up at Monk's. You know, Jerry, I've been searching for someone a long time. Well, the search is over. And now the search for the right psychiatrist begins. <laughs> And we talked about Carol from the phone message earlier, but I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about some of the girlfriends that were just way too nice for George. Like, I could never see him with them in the first place. And even though I loved Carol, I thought she was a great girl and I loved her performance. There were a few girlfriends over the course of the series that I just didn't see George with them at all. And Carol was definitely one of them. Another one was Julie from The Big Salad. Oh, yeah. Poor Julie just handed the salad to Elaine, but George just can't let it go. <laughs> she didn't buy the big salad i bought the big salad she just took credit for my salad imagine her taking credit for your big salad <laughs> i like when julie confronts george at the end of the episode and george is like wait a second are you suggesting that i went out of my way to tell elaine that even though you handed her the big salad that it came from me that's what i'm suggesting well it was a big salad and what I would like to know is how does a person who has virtually nothing to do with the big salad claim responsibility for that salad and accept a thank you under false pretenses? Ha 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 ha. George, all I did was hand someone a bag. <laughs> and I love George's reaction in that scene because he's kind of saying to himself, like, yeah, that's kind of a good point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But even earlier when they're in the coffee shop, it just doesn't seem like, you know, I don't know why she agreed go on the state with george why she agreed to go out with him because you know she's out there talking about all these different things you know saying you know he can be very pedantic and you know bob herbert's great and then george just goes off on the atlanta falcons quarterback bobby a bear <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just didn't see them together another one who i thought was just way too nice was betsy in the implant oh yeah you seem to be of great comfort to betsy <laughs> and george for some reason's like I want to be her boyfriend, you know, but obviously he wants to find an easy way to do it. He doesn't want to put in the time and the effort to, you know, really make sure. And, you know, he doesn't really care that much 
when the phone's ringing, she's like, George, you know, I need to answer it. And <laughs> yeah, she's like, what if it's an emergency? And George is like, in the whole world right now, there's probably three emergencies. Why would you think in this entire planet you're one of those three? <laughs> All right, maybe four. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that scene when she's on the phone and he's just in the background, that, that is just one of my favorite George scenes. Oh, it's great. Yeah, and another thing, too, is, like, he's also really concerned about the money where, the you know, Jerry and Kramer are telling him, listen, Constellation guy's big. If you go to this funeral, he's like, that's nah, in Detroit. It's kind of a pricey flight. You know, that's where his mind is at. He's thinking, yeah, you know, he just wants to be her boyfriend for the sake of being her boyfriend. And that's about it. Exactly. A couple other girlfriends that I thought were just too nice for George. Uh, one was Miranda in the Merv Griffin show. Oh, you thought she was nice? <laughs> well, I just thought she was like a huge animal lover and she would just do anything to help this squirrel. And just George, for some reason, was going along with it. And I didn't really understand why. Yeah, I never understood that either. Like, why didn't he just break up with her? It doesn't make any sense, you know. And even at the end, he's like, still getting nothing. Yeah, exactly. Well, one that was really nice was uh, Marianne from the Muffin Tops. Oh, yeah, she was great. Please don't think all New Yorkers are so rude. I'm Marianne. I work at the New York Visitor Center. Where are you visiting from? Little Rock, Arkansas. <laughs> <laughs> and she really seems like she's enjoying spending time with George. Yeah, absolutely. Well, George is also putting on a really good front. Right. That might be an episode where he does some of the the biggest whoppers he's ever done, you know. And I love how he's either calculated it ahead or he's sort of thinking about it as he goes when they're in monks. And she's like, you'll have to go back to your job at Tyler Chicken and go back to your three-legged dog, Willie. And then all of a sudden he just goes, well, what if I told you I was thinking of moving here? George, no offense, but this city would eat you alive. (laughs) (laughs) Or when she's at George's apartment and she's like, we should let this place air out anyway. It smells like the last tenant had monkeys or something. (laughs) Or before that, when he's like 2,700, and she's like, ouch, a month? (laughs) That's okay for now, but if you stay here longer than a few months, you're a real sucker. (laughs) Well, another girlfriend, and this wasn't one of George's finest moments, but uh, Denise from The Beard. Oh, yeah. She took off her hat, and there she was. Hello. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Like I was looking at myself in the mirror. No one walks into a beauty parlor and says, give me the Larry Fine. (laughs) But it's interesting because earlier in the series in The Boyfriend, we hear George talk about how he could never be part of one of those brother and sister couples that look alike. He says there are no bald women. But then a few seasons later, there she is. That's true. But he also does say in season three that thick, lustrous hair is very important to him. Great point. So I wanted to ask you this. Besides Marissa Tomei, who do you think George had the strongest feelings for? Hmm. It's hard to say because I think that George isn't someone whose feelings are always necessarily genuine. One girlfriend that we didn't talk about yet that I think that George really had strong feelings for and could have gone all the way was Sasha in the conversion because he was willing to convert to, you know, this new religion for her. And she actually made my list of some of the worst girlfriends because I feel like she put on this whole act of saying, you know, all my parents, George, they don't want us to be together, this and that. And then later when he says, oh, I converted for you, you know, I didn't do it for my mother. And then she's like, oh, maybe when I get back from Latvia, it's like, oh, well, where did that come from? You know, (laughs) 
and like we said before about Sienna, I think uh, that was another one that could have come close because I think he and Sienna really had good conversations and seemed to have really good chemistry. And, you know, and George even says the line about, you can't say I love you. And the other person says, I'm hungry. Let's get something to eat. And Jerry says, unless you're married. So it's almost like, you know, they already have that marriage dynamic, you know. Another girlfriend I wanted to mention real quick is Patrice from The Truth. Oh, man. I just love that scene when George blows up on her and he's like, the truth? You want the truth? It is your earrings. It is your chopsticks. And he also says, you know, you call my doorman Sammy Samuel, but you didn't even say Samuel. You said Samuel. (laughs) (laughs) Just a classic George rant. But that is one where I think George was was kind of in the right because she said, no, I did ask you for the truth. And if it wasn't for Jerry needing the uh, tax preparation, that probably would have been it. All right. So I know we mentioned a few of them already, but what about worst girlfriends? So the top of my list for worst girlfriends or least favorite is uh, Nina, the bulimic model. That's one thing where, you know, definitely not very realistic. I'm very surprised that Larry kind of let that one through. You know, she appears in the switch. And I do know that episode was heavily rewritten. And, you know, Jerry and Larry wrote the switch storyline and made that the main thing because it was originally called the bulimic. But she just seems like somebody that's, you know, not interested in George, only interested in him because, you know, he's taking her out for fancy dinners. But then George is no better because when Elaine confronts him about it later, he's like, Elaine, of course I'm concerned. I'm paying for those meals. Yeah, I was going to say it's it's kind of goes both ways. Like they're both. It's just a horrible relationship all around. Yeah, exactly. Well, one girlfriend I wasn't a huge fan of was Daphne from The Stand-In. Oh, yeah. Daphne. <laughs> yeah. Another relationship where just don't know why they were together. It didn't seem like they enjoyed each other at all. No, and George even was ready to throw in the towel until she made the comment about running into Al Necci and that, you know, she would just get hurt. And if I were George, I mean, yeah, I guess your ego kind of gets in the way, but it's kind of like, yeah, of course, you know, we're not, this isn't going well. (laughs) He was right. (laughs) Another one that was really bizarre was Risa uh, from the junk mail. Oh man. (laughs) Remember my cousin Risa? I'm going to date her. Mother of God. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely a storyline that, is very season nine and something that Larry would have never approved of. Yeah, never. Another season nine storyline that was very bizarre was Mora and Loretta from the strong box. <laughs> yes. Turn your key, Mora. That. Turn your key. <laughs> Another one I have on my list is Allison from the outing. She just seemed like she was crazy. Oh yeah. She was totally crazy <laughs> and very oblivious too. Like when George is showing her the article and she's like, Oh, it's nice. They mentioned your name. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, one that I have on my list is Debbie Biblo from the Scofflaw. And that wasn't George's fault because Gary said, oh, Debbie says hi. And then, you know, she's going and she's like, oh, I just gave regards. It's not like I said hi. It's like, really? You know, come on. And then then she's talking about like Jerry says later, you know, she thinks a guy that lies about a life threatening illness to get some phony hair has perspective. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that storyline also reminds me a little bit of Kelly from The Soup. Yep, she was in my honorable mentions. Oh, my boyfriend loves watches. He's a real watch freak. Well, that's fabulous. That's how they just slip it in there, too. (laughs) But I love that George tries the manure line again on Marissa Tomei. 
Yeah, that time it works. Yeah. <laughs> Another one that I wasn't a huge fan of was Ava from The Stranded. Oh, yeah, I know. I don't like when she's arguing with Elaine. I I didn't think she was nice to her. No, she wasn't. And also, you know, she says to George, make love to me. And what am I in the circus? Yeah. <laughs> Another one that I'm not a huge fan of. And I understand after the uh, incident with the greasy hamburgers, why she was upset. But before she just seems like, you know, her and George is not having a good time is uh, Robin from the fire. You know, they're sitting there trying to plan her kid's birthday party. And she's like shooting down all these ideas. And Yeah. And she's definitely not a big fan of Bozo. Yeah, no, I know. Forget about Bozo, George. Bozo's out. He's finished. It's over for Bozo. <laughs> so a few other honorable mentions. Uh, we have Monica from the cafe. Oh, yeah. You're a fascinating man, George Costanza. <laughs> <laughs> Another honorable mention, uh, Jane from the Hamptons. Oh, yeah. And it's funny, too, because when George and her are driving out there, he's talking about the cough syrup. And she's like, oh, yeah, you know. It's like, I never had a cough syrup I didn't love. And she's like, oh, me too. And George has that little inner monologue. And then right after that, you know, he's talking about getting the Hampton tomatoes. And she's like, I want to get some sun. And, and, you know, it just seems like she, again, she probably was somebody like Nina who just wanted a free trip out to the Hamptons, didn't really care about George, you know. Yeah, it seemed that way. There's also Bonnie from The Label Maker. Oh, a cactus. <laughs> <laughs> Scott, remember that thing we talked about earlier? George is into it. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Another girlfriend that kind of gets forgotten is Lindsay from The Gymnast. She was actually in two episodes. Oh, that's right. Yeah. She had her first episode was The Breakfast at Tiffany's Club. And then the second episode was when George eats the eclair out of the garbage. <laughs> if I can talk with the mothers and have sex with the daughters, then I'd really have something going. Oh, you've got something going. <laughs> but yeah, George was really putting his best foot forward with her. That was kind of interesting. What about Heather from the Chicken Roaster? She's got a little uh, Marissa Tomei thing going on. Oh, too bad you got a little George Costanza thing going on. <laughs> Costanza. <laughs> right. There's also Danielle from The English Patient. Oh, yeah. Forget about Neil, George. You've out him. Oh, man. Definitely one of George's best-looking girlfriends. Absolutely. And what was George thinking? I mean, she's clearly into him, and he's like, I want to be home in case Neil calls. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think George was just obsessed with meeting Neil. And sometimes when George gets an idea in his head, that's it. You know, it's similar. I keep going back to Karen, but it's a similar thing where, you know, Karen and him are having a great time. And all I can think about is, why doesn't Jody like me? Yeah. And there's also Sheila from The Package. Oh, yeah. Photo store Sheila. <laughs> she's got this great smile. It's like she's got too many teeth or something. Oh, extra teeth. I love that look. <laughs> the dance continues. <laughs> <laughs> and that was one that George probably could have gotten her. I think that if he just had done what he said he was going to do and go, you know, oh, let me go ask her out. And then, of course, Kramer has to step in and that's it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so before we go, I wanted to mention a few unseen girlfriends or some that maybe aren't technically girlfriends, but figured we'd mention them anyway. So the first one is from Mail on Bonding. We talked about it earlier, but when she tells George, we need to talk. <laughs> oh, and then you hear about when they broke up 
And he's like, oh, great, the relationship's over, but the egg salad's on the way. Yeah. Do I walk or do I eat? You ate. <laughs> Another unseen girlfriend is Tatiana from the Chinese restaurant. Oh, that's right. What a great scene that would have been to see when George <laughs> had to extricate himself from the proceedings. <laughs> <laughs> Another one is Susan Davis from The Heart Attack. Susan Davis? Now, wait a second. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like we'll be bumping into you. <laughs> Here's a good one that George probably made it up, but I think it's a great story that he tells in the race when he's saying, well, that was the day that I lost my virginity to the voluptuous homeroom teacher, Miss Stafford. Miss <laughs> 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 Stafford? Uh, great scene. And just a few others that I wanted to mention. I'm not sure if they're technically girlfriends, but I'll mention them anyway. There's the woman George meets on the subway. Eight dollars. Eight dollars. I wasted my whole morning on you for eight (laughs) dollars. And uh, what about Evie, the cleaning lady that George had sex with after the Hennigan's binge? Was that wrong? Should I not have done that? (laughs) (laughs) What about the housekeeper from Senegal? (laughs) I would like to dip my bald head in oil and rub it all over your body. (laughs) (laughs) There's also uh, Robin Sandusky. Oh, yeah. Oh, an affair. So adult. (laughs) (laughs) It's like stockings and martinis and William Holden. (laughs) On the other hand, it probably wouldn't cost me any money. (laughs) And one last one from the abstinence was uh, the Portuguese waitress. Oh, of course. Mathematically, you had to do it, Jerry. <laughs> and I don't think we mentioned uh, Louise from that episode. Oh, yeah. Mono. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, George. I hate you. <laughs> what a fascinating turn of events. <laughs> well, we can go on and on listing all these girlfriends. I mean, there's been so many great ones throughout the series, but I think we discussed some of the most important ones today. And if there were any we forgot to mention, please email us and let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Yeah, tell us who your favorites were. We definitely didn't mention all of them, so we're interested to see what uh, other people think of when they think of George's girlfriends and that important part of the Astonishing Tales of Costanza. Absolutely, but we hope you enjoyed our discussion about George's girlfriends. We thank you all for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to email us at theplacetobeseinfeld at gmail.com. You can also find our show on Facebook at The Place to Be, a Seinfeld podcast, Twitter at TPTB Seinfeld, and Instagram at theplacetobe.podcast. You can find our show on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and Apple Podcasts. And if you'd like, please rate and review. It really helps us out. Until next time, be sure to hang up your pants for the perfect crease. Let me get this gum out of my hair and then I'll be ready for bed. Okay, look, the gum isn't cutting it for me. We need to be about something else. Anything. Please. George. (laughs) Your hair. Well, I had to cut the gum out. I had a little trouble getting it even. So why didn't you get undressed, George? (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.